Welcome to The Sober Unicorn. We are a gay-hosted, all-inclusive podcast about sobriety and addiction recovery for the LGBT plus community and all of our allies. I'm your host, Holden, and thank you for joining us today. Hey, everybody, it's Holden back here again with The Sober Unicorn. I hope you're having a wonderful day, and if you're not, I do hope your day gets better. And if you ever need to reach out, don't hesitate. Everything, email, ads, social media is going to be at the end of the episode. Today, we have a special guest with us named Julia. Hello, Julia. Hello. How are you doing today? Fantabulous. So the one, me and Julia actually met, I would say like two months ago, three months-ish. Yeah, I was going to say about three months ago. Three months ago. Um, But I will tell you guys, me and her did not meet in the rooms of recovery. Um, Julia herself is not an addict, not somebody that struggles with substance abuse or alcohol, but she dates somebody that does. So I wanted to kind of bring her on as somebody I, we, in recovery, we call them normies. Um, <laughs> I, being a Harry Potter fan, call them muggles <laughs> because I think people in recovery are, are magical and um, wizards. But um, I wanted to kind of bring her on and share her perspective, um, being somebody from the outside um, that has to deal with somebody in recovery on a daily basis. So let's get started with essentially we're going to... For anonymity purposes, we're going to refer to your partner as uh, Josh. Okay. So, when you and Josh met, how long were y'all seeing each other before he stated that he was in recovery and an addict? Oh, my God. He pretty much said it almost immediately. Like, after we met, I would say the next time that we spoke, he told me. Okay. And so it was very soon after we met. And where did y'all meet? Uh, I love this story. I'll try to keep it short. <laughs> um, so we actually met out of, out of just random circumstances. I had a random day off for work. I don't even remember requesting off. So my sister and I, um, my bestie, we went to visit our friend Andrea. And she lives in Boynton Beach. And her and her husband are really into fast cars. And Josh, as you know. Oh yeah, is super into fast cars, so they and were all in the cars. same car meet. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, my sister Anna, who is now married to the man that she met that night, you know, met her boo, and then Josh and I clicked ourselves. We only met for maybe ten minutes, but like the chemistry was there or whatever, and we met through there through friends, and then. We had a couple months where we were both silent and then a few months after. So we met in April and then in July we started to like consistently talk or whatever through Instagram. So I slid in his DMs. <laughs> so, <laughs> Just, <laughs> so at the car meet is when he confided that he was somehow no, recovered. No, so it was in July when we started talking again. Talking, talking. Yeah, talking, talking. Because that was more of like a meet and greet, like, hey, how are you? Made me laugh type thing, jokes here and there. So did y'all, I mean, was it just a conversation that night? Did y'all go further? I mean, or was it just like, that's the night y'all met? So it was a quick thing. I mean, um, I was actually under the influence. (laughs) (laughs) I was, um, my sister and I were drinking a little bit and we just had like a 10 minute conversation. It was really quick so that he was like ready to go. And I was like trying to like. Hey, you, know, you want to hang out later? Like, come, come on over, you know? <laughs> so you was a girl on a mission. <laughs> I mean, I was just out of a relation, really toxic relationship. I, I broke up with him like a long time ago, but he was still like in my life. 
And um, that's just another long story, but um, he was not broken up with yet. And he told me once we started talking again in July that if he would have came where I was, you know, if things went the way <laughs> I wanted them to, then it would have caused like a trust issue because he wanted something more. Oh, okay. See, the thing is, I think that's, I would say great with people in recovery is that we set boundaries. And the thing is, is like, you were intoxicated under the influence. <laughs> he, of course, obviously is not because he's in recovery. Right. Um, and, that actually, and that shows, I think, respect on his behalf too, is the fact of he could have easily taken advantage of somebody that yeah. was under the influence actually throwing themselves at him. <laughs> well, um, I wasn't throwing myself mm-hmm. at him. <laughs> <laughs> he actually came to me. I was, we were eyeing each other. It was actually kind of funny. Yeah, you eye fuck each other from the side yeah. of the, from across the hall. But, um, so he, okay, so you, you slid back into each other's DMs on Instagram. And he, I mean, what, what, when did the subject of recovery even come up? Like, how was it just like, Hey, you were real cute. How's things been? He's like, all right, bitch, I'm in recovery. Back up. (laughs) I mean. Well, we had a few video calls first. And then in one of the video calls, he had let me know. He was just kind of like, hey, by the way, you know, I am in recovery. And he kind of explained it in his own way. And I was just kind of like surprised in a good way because I grew up in a family where they were all addicts in and out of jail doing drugs all the time just nomading around being pretty much homeless and just you know as long as you're high that's all they cared about and the fact that he was vulnerable and really honest was refreshing you don't really come across that and um i don't know it just made me more attracted to him because he was nothing like what my family was where you know he's trying to turn his life around he's trying to do something better for himself he sees that this is not the way Whereas I grew up around families like, oh, this is fine, whatever, this is normal, like, it doesn't really matter, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And drinking is a societal accepted right. thing to do. <clears throat> so when you, of course, want to hang out with this person, but you know they can't drink, like, were you like, well, bitch, what are we supposed to do? I was like, never much of a drinker. Like, I never really liked drinking. Mm. Like, anytime I would drink, it was maybe like one. Like, just to be, like, social. Like, it wasn't... Like, when I was younger, because I started drinking, like, really young, 14, I was, like, getting to face pretty much every fucking weekend. All right, so he tells you you're in recovery, and you find that incredibly respectful. Um, Y'all end up kind of, of course, becoming into a relationship. And then it really sets in now that you're dating someone in recovery. I know that this person does 12-step meetings. So... Have you been to a 12-step meeting with this person? Yeah, actually, before we even moved in together, because we now live together, I went to a meeting with him, and I was like, wow, this is, like, really kind of fucking cool. Like, I kind (laughs) of really like this. This kind of resembles my church time. But it was more raw. It was more real. It was, like, not under, like, a facade or, like, a, you know, gaze or whatever. It was just raw people being real and vulnerable and I really actually liked my first visit. It really resonated well with me. And um, yeah, and I've been quite a few times since then. I mean, I try to go, like I try to give him a space because I know that's his time and like, you know, I have that boundary and respect for that. But then there's times, you know, I do want to go, of course, for support and like, because I have now relationships with these people, you know, I see them. That's true. You know, all the time. Well, not all the time, but like consistently. You see me, yes, yeah. yeah, Especially you. (laughs) 
we almost just, by the way, people, me and Julia almost work together, but yeah, the bitches got crazy, so um, I found a new job. But anyways, um, so uh, where, where I, I had a question, but I just totally blanked out. But anyways, um, being in the rooms and kind of seeing everybody with the bad history, I would say, that we are working through, putting behind us and stuff like that, becoming better people. Did that make you peak curiosity on how bad his addiction was? Or was he, has he already discussed with you kind of his story of addiction? Um, he, I'm trying to remember if the first time I went to a meeting with him, if I already knew. Because honestly, we were just so honest from the beginning. We kind of just like barfed out the truth from like the start. So I want to say I already had an idea of what his addiction was from the first time I went to a meeting. So it wasn't, it didn't like scare me or whatever. It's just like, I already lived it. I saw it like in my youth and when I grew up. So it was just. So at no point did you ever hear something (laughs) that you're just like, oh my God, bitch. Like you did that. Like looking down on somebody because I would say, like, as addicts, we have some of us, I'm not, I'm not going to say everybody, but some of us have a super fucked up history, especially in our addiction. And, like, people, when we disclose that we're addicts or things that have happened in our past in our addiction, people look at us like, they look down and they criminalize us and stuff like that. So, did you ever have a, kind of an instance where you're, like, had to take a step back because of his story or no? No, not at all. I mean, my dad made it easy because <laughs> my father was like the culprit. I witnessed a lot of stuff through that. And um, I always understood, even though like, I guess it, I, in a way, of course, like anybody who doesn't have a father in life has like daddy issues. As a young child, I always understood that he's human. And I don't know why or how I always had that understanding, but I did. So they made it easier for me growing up. So like... Yeah. You know, I mean, there was shit that I heard in the meetings that, you know, I was kind of surprised at because that was one thing I didn't get to witness, like a few other people. But mm-hmm. with, with uh, Josh's story, it wasn't anything that was like... Cray-cray. Yeah, nothing cray-cray. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, again, oh my God, my, my mind, I don't know where the hell my mind is today. <laughs> well, uh, I was at the beach. That's where it is. It's drained of the sun. Um, Virgin pina coladas. <laughs> So people, um, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about another fellowship right quick. I know um, like AA has Al-Anon for people that um, have experience with addicts. So, I mean, I know other fellowships probably have a sister program. Have you ever thought about going through something like that? I mean, to work through, for one, your own possible childhood trauma with an addict and possibly to help you better understand the addict boyfriend? Yeah, I have dabbled with that idea. I haven't, you know... Done it. <laughs> Done it. But yeah, I have thought about it. Yes. I mean, I think there's still some things that I like, I probably should bring my attention to like free healing. Not that I like, I don't know. I feel like I'm doing okay on my own, but I think doing that would expedite it and bring other things to service that I'm possibly not even aware of. You know what I mean? Oh, a hundred percent. I think any program or anything that helps you look at the past. I mean, I know of course me working on 12 step, I, there's so much Stuff in my past that I didn't realize affected me today. Because it's like, well, that was 20 years ago. Right. Like, I shoved that shit down and buried it in the ground. And no, mm-mm, it's like right there with me on a daily basis. So, 
and, and everybody that heard her comment that she has daddy issues, let me just <laughs> put to the side the fact that her boyfriend is like the same age as her. So she's not 20 something years old dating a 50 year old, which is nothing's wrong with that. But she's not dating a daddy. I mean, she may call him that, but that's not who she's dating. Um, so, all right. So your, your partner is in recovery enough to the point where he has to take sponsees on that he um, may have to take a 12-step call with somebody in the wee hours of the night. How do you cope with that? The fact of that any time during the day, whether you're at a romantic dinner, whether you're at the beach with your partner, that he may have to take a phone call and he may have to step away. I mean, step away from you. Um, it's never bothered me. I actually kind of love that he is so like invested and passionate with this sponsor sponsee situation i love like i don't know you you know when you hear people talking you just like hear their passion he's like he always is so passionate about like na and like helping people and i mean that's a turn on for me i love anybody especially a man that i'm with that is like really wanting to help people and that like really loves on people and like is there without a doubt like in, within seconds because that's what he extends to me too you know and I do understand it's like a life or death situation. You know, if if they're calling at 3 o'clock, 12 o'clock, that means that they want to fucking like yeah, yeah. DOC, use their drug of choice. So if if that call helps, then like I'm in complete and full support of that. You know, I feel like it'd be selfish of me if I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> but has, we, we talked about resentments within a program. So has the program ever gotten in the way for you to kind of dislike or have any type of resentment towards the program or towards his recovery because it got in the way of your relationship no absolutely not if anything i actually want to read the freaking blue book of na because it asks all these difficult ass questions that you can't like just google you know what i mean like these questions are <laughs> freaking cool and really great to like grow so like i always play around with them i was like i'm just gonna take that book and like read it Listen um, here, we as people in this program, we are de- we do not want to deal with this book. And you're just like, oh my god, Becky, let me let read me this read book. <laughs> well, because I've always been like aware of like you know the issues that have come across my life. Like the only way you can heal is by facing the issues, you know. And I don't know. Don't get me wrong. Like I grew up in a Christian household, and I the Bible is like great, and I read it now. But it just it's not like asking you these difficult trivial mm-hmm. questions that make you think it's more just telling a story yeah you know so i don't think you'd be able to get that far in life without those type of questions you know and no, heal um, and stuff like that 100 so. there i mean there's so many questions that i'm just like really like <laughs> it, it really makes you dive deep into your thoughts and which is sometimes good sometimes bad but <laughs> it makes you think that's for damn sure um Again, my, my brain farts today are just absolutely horrendous. You're good. I don't even think I answered your question, to be honest. But no, you did. No, you did. You did. Um, so, of course, being in recovery is a unique thing, okay? Not a lot of people seek out a program. Not a lot of people seek out just betterment of themselves and, like, stopping using alcohol, drugs, and other whatever they were using. So, have you ever found it difficult when getting a group of girlfriends... That you want your boyfriend to hang out with you guys, but yet you're not, you don't want to put his business out there, 
But yet again, you're like, well, I don't want to put him in an uncomfortable situation. So how do you deal with hanging out with your friends that possibly are normies as well and want to get turned up and twerk at the club, <laughs> but yet want to bring your partner? Um, well, that's a good question. That is something that is different to handle. Sometimes challenging because it's like, you know, I mean, all of my friends that I hang out with, he's met. And not all of my friends are the type who like to get turned up because gr growing up, I always kind of felt like an outcast. Like I was never really like, yeah, I drank. Yeah, like I indulged in drugs and whatever here and there. But I was never the type to go clubbing. I was never the type like to fuck, twerk and shake my ass <laughs> and whatever, like, you know. So I never really felt like I fit in. So like the group of girls that I have aren't really like that type. Mm, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like if we if they do want to get a little turnt, like we'll have a wine night, just girls. Or yeah, maybe we'll go to a hookah lounge or whatever. And it's like super chill. It's never like anything like that. But in the case of like if I want my boo to come with me, it's something wrong by him to where I feel like it's not going to put him in a bad position. Or mm. actually even his old friends that we hang out with who were there you know through his addiction and then now he's clean they you know still drink and stuff yeah. like that so like really what it comes down to is communicating i'll just come up to like hey like you know i do want you to come to this but just so you know you know it will be at a restaurant they might grab a drink or two but you know i'm not gonna indulge in it in support of you um and it's just conversation and then we figure it out from there whether or not he yeah. feels comfortable with going or not but no, 100%. I think communication is key, especially with having somebody that is a normie in your life. I mean, friends, family, or otherwise. Um, so how did you break it down to your family that you're, especially as you said, you have a family that has a history of, let's just say, abuse of not physical or may, I don't, anyways, that's beside the point. Like, we're not going to go <laughs> to that conversation, but maybe have a substance abuse, whether it's alcohol or otherwise. Um, how did you be like, oh, here, mom, dad, here's, here's, um, here's my boyfriend, Josh. And by the way, like he's, he's in recovery. Like, I mean, how do you break that down to your family? Yeah, that was a fun conversation. I mean, my biological father is no longer married to my mom. So like he lives with my sisters or whatever. And my mom is now remarried to a, somebody who was never an addict, you know, um, so they were actually pretty happy about it. <laughs> I mean, they're like, yay, not somebody who's on drugs like everybody else. <laughs> I mean, they weren't thrilled that I was moving in with him per se because of the conservative, you know, background and belief system. But um, it was still something where you, we grew a lot together as a family. We learned a lot through these like past few years of whatever bu bullshit that we're not going to get into right now. But um it was still a respectful thing like you know they were understandable they had questions they were interested for the most part but um i mean yeah it wasn't like as difficult as i thought it was gonna be you know yeah and have you ever thought about like uh, as you say i understand you said you don't really you're not a big party or a big twerker and everything like that but have you ever wondered like would we if he was still in his active addiction. Like, would we still be Yeah, there? like, have you ever been like, well, I wonder how he was, like, I wonder how he'd be at the club, if we'd be hitting the titty bars together, if we'd be hitting the, so the strips down a, down a West Palm. Like, I mean, do you think you've missed out on the the party person that Josh may have been? That's so funny that you mentioned that, because we actually, like, we were just talking about the other week. Like, he brought it up out of nowhere. He's like, 
what would you think would happen? I was like, I don't know. I think maybe it would have been fun. But he's like, I don't think I'd be able to keep up with you because I wasn't much of a like partier like that. So, I mean, no, I don't feel like I've missed out on it. I mean, like, sometimes it's like, oh, I wish I didn't have to, like, it's not really tiptoeing because I don't really look at it that way. It's not like I'm walking on eggshells or anything like that. But it's still, like, something that you have to constantly think about because, you know, I respect his path and his mm-hmm. choices and I want to support that. And if, you know, if he is who he said he was back in the day, then he is his best version right now, you know? Yeah. I think it would have been very destructive and very toxic, you know, because I was not in the best place in my life either four or five years ago when he was, you know, out going about. about and yeah. stuff. So it's like, I think that would have been a hot mess. Like the fact that we met each other when we did, you know, with the healing that we've gone through ourselves in our own individual ways, like it just worked out so perfectly. And I know that boundaries are always a thing in recovery, setting boundaries and stuff like that. Um, has like i i personally know that y'all have a boundary between each other of having any liquor Mm -hmm. or any drinks inside the house Mm -hmm. how did you feel about that moving in i understand he's a recovery but just as such as much as you're respecting him and his journey he needs to respect the fact of you're not in recovery right so like how did y'all go get across that hurdle of like you're not allowed to have booze in the house I mean, it was such an easy transition. Like, I I was never the biggest drinker. Like, the most, like, yeah, when I do want to get lit or something, like, of course, I have, like, a couple shots. Like, that's my way to go to. I don't like to have mixed drinks. Mm. And if I want to go light, it's mainly, like, wine. Like, that's my go-to. Like, I like to keep it chill. So, it's like, it wasn't even a big deal. If I want to drink, I'll go drink out with my girls. Or I'll go have a pool day. I'll go out downstairs by the pool and I'll just, you know. But it's not something that I, like... It's not on my forefront because it's not like, oh, my God, I want to drink, like, Yeah, because you know? when you lived alone, I mean, have you ever lived alone, alone? Yeah, not with my parents. I had, like, a ro- another roommate situation. Okay. Yeah. And did you keep liquor in the house at that point? I did, but I was miserable in a toxic relationship, so I was also trying to... Escape. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, if you lived by yourself, period, like, just, just Julia, would you have wine, beer? I would probably have wine. Okay. Like, a bottle of wine. Well, like, cause of course, like, my mind, like, sometimes goes through my mind where I'm like, man, I wish I could just like sit up by the porch and just like have a cup of wine or two or something and just like chill. Cause I like sitting out by the porch. I like reading out there or just like listening, looking at nature. Like, I'm a nature person. Anyway, so like, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, that sounds kind of nice, but it's not something where I'm like, that's more important to me than this relationship and the value that it brings. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Well, and I think it's funny how you love to sit on a porch with a Bob Ross <laughs> Chia pet that's still in the box. I know. <laughs> Just saying. You want it? You can have it. <laughs> no, because I'll never do it. It'll exactly. We, we bought it. At a, or we won it at like a Christmas little. Oh, thing. okay, okay. I was like, how the hell are you gonna go buy a Bob Ross? Nah, I'm not gonna never... fucking buy that shit. I mean, I love Bob Ross, but no, <laughs> I can barely take care of the freaking life that I have. What makes you think I can take care of this plant? <laughs> okay, for one, chia pets are like the easiest thing to take care of. The ch 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 chia, they just keep growing. Um, <laughs> So, what was the last question I was going to ask? It was about boundaries, um, the whole, like, not have... Oh, there we go. Does, or do, sorry, do you have the fear of relapse? That has been a conversation we've also talked about. Um, I mean, of course it scares me. I mean, I don't know 
when or even if that'll happen. I mean, looking at him now, it just seems like so far and in between. Like he just seems so like heavy into his recovery and like so committed. But I know that that can change at any moment. Um, yeah, when we discussed it, I was just, he's like, what would you do? Like, how would you respond? I'm like, I would just be supportive and loving. I don't know. Try to get you to go to a meeting. I, You're like, it like, depends on how crazy you Yeah, guys. like, wait, what am I supposed to do aside from trying to be as loving as possible? And like, I mean, I don't know. I've never been in that predicament before. So, I mean, even if I were to try to prepare myself, there's no way I can be prepared. It's like having a baby. You can read all the books you want up until those mm-hmm. that nine-month mark, and there's still going to be shit that you weren't able to prepare for. Oh, 100%. Um has he ever thrown the program in your face where it's not of like, not you do something and I'm like, I'm sober or clean, whatever we want to use these days. It's more of the, like the principles of the program in this. Has he never, has he ever like thrown that shit? Of course he has. Of course he has. It's all he ever fucking talks about. (laughs) Not in such a way where it's like, you know, let's just say, cause you know, and if you're drinking, do you kiss him? No. Okay. No, um, and like there's been times where I'll, he'll be like, you know, we'll go to events together that has like alcohol. He's like, you know, you can drink if you want. And sometimes I will, sometimes I won't. It just depends on my mood, you know. And of course, out of respect, I don't kiss him because that's his DOC. So yeah, do you? But do you see as like I, I know when I've tried to date and I told the person that I, I am in recovery, like a couple, I would say not everybody, but a couple people, their first immediate response is like, oh my god, great, I have a permanent DD. Like, have you ever thought about that? No. Well, that, that's a good thing, because you're okay. not, I mean, because you're not using the person. No, yeah, um. no, oh my God, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, it's funny, because when we first started, like, kind of dating, I think this was shortly after I moved in with him, we were at, like, a restaurant, some tavern, and he was like, am I ever going to see you drunk? I'm like, do you want to see me drunk? Oh, I was like, God. If you no, went out with me, girl, so. I'd be carrying you out of the damn bar. <laughs> Um, so, last question, because I can't, my, my brain's farting. Um, wedding, if, <laughs> if, if it were to ever happen, okay, because of course we don't know what the future holds. Right. Will you have an open bar or will you not just for the fact that you probably realize that 60% of the people there are going to be recovery people? I personally don't care for an open bar why would i want to pay money for something that i'm not going to indulge in um if other people wanted to bring their own alcohol that's fine i think it'll be really ultimately up to him but personally me in the like seat that i'm in i wouldn't want to have an open bar i mean there's a lot of my family members who don't really drink like that either so it's like Mm. it's like bipolar like my dad's side is like the addicts my mom's side is like the good good yeah exactly like no alcohol and stuff like that so i mean that's something we'll discuss, I guess. And we did briefly discuss it. I think his perspective is like, oh, I'm not going to indulge. We should have one just because, you know, other there's people, people right? Yeah. And he's like, I'm not going to do it, obviously. But, you know, other people get in. But for me, it's like, this is our day. It's not mm-hmm. something I want, like, a part of it because this isn't really a part of, like, our life. You know what I mean? No, I get that. I mean, I literally skipped out on weddings because they didn't have an open bar. <laughs> like... Okay, yes, you're in love. I get it. But, like, I'm here to party, too. Right. And so the thing is, for me, even though I'm in recovery, like, I would 100% want an open bar, full liquor, beer, everything. Mm. Just because it's, like, 
for one, it's a gay wedding. So some of my family's going to tolerate being there. And so, like, I need to get them as drunk as possible to, like, just tolerate me kissing a man during at the altar if I ever find anybody. Hello, I'm single. Come follow me. Um, but even if somebody in recovery, even though I'm not going to participate, I don't want to pull that away from the guests that might. Mm, um, I mean, yes, my perspective may change in the future, especially the more and more my, my recovery group, like widens and like realizing that half my people are going to be in recovery and not wanting to put them in jeopardy of, of relapse like but the thing is yeah i mean even though i don't drink i shouldn't right. pull that away from the people that 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 might so i mean that's kind of how that's what josh was saying i was like okay i can understand that i mean but i i'm neutral i don't care i mean you know yeah, I'm, if I'm going to get married, I'm not going to be caring about that shit. I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm getting married. <laughs> All right. So is there anything that you would recommend to somebody that is a normie or a muggle that is possibly thinking about other, that is either seeing somebody in recovery for this fresh start or that can maybe broaden their mind and open their horizons of dating somebody in recovery? I think that if you're thinking about it, I think that first you should ask yourself if you're ready for the healthy, vulnerable lifestyle that it comes with. If you're not like in a mental space where you're already healing and like wanting to better yourself, I would tread carefully because you don't want to bring others with like down. Like not that that would happen, I guess, but in general, you should always be careful. But I don't know. I think it was the best decision I made. I mean. The vulnerability, the honesty, like you feel secure, you know, I don't know. It's you know, just, they're going to be blacked out and driving yeah, drunk. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and the, I don't know. It's just such a like raw, healthy relationship. It's all about being healthy and like, and it challenges me too. Like in that relationship with somebody who's um, an addict, because if they're trying to better themselves, I'm going to want to do that too. So it's, it's challenging in a good way. So if that's something that you want, then I say, go for it, girl. Well, I'm just <laughs> saying, too, if you're a person that has to be at the clubs every weekend twerking, yeah, it's probably not I the best thing because no. you don't want your partner to say you can or cannot do exactly. something. So I think it's very smart. I mean, I haven't dated a normie, but I, I think it's just for me going out seeking somebody that doesn't or a, a normal person. If they drink on occasion, I'm totally cool with that. Um, but I could not handle somebody that is drinking on a daily basis like, that has to be at the time. bars every weekend. Like yeah. this weekend, I my whole weekend was jam-packed with shit to do, but I had parties to go to, this and the end. Guess what? None of them drank. I mean, I was just at a party this earlier today at the beach, a barbecue. There was like 80 people there. And like the park rangers kept checking on us because, of course, you can't have alcohol at the this specific park. And... Um, it's like, honey, there's no drugs, there's no alcohol. You don't need to worry about us. Like, <laughs> don't worry. But anyways, um, well, thank you so much, Julia, for coming on and sharing your perspective on things. And um, I do appreciate you taking your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was great. <laughs> thank you again for listening to today's episode. Hit that follow button to be notified about new episodes every week. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us on Instagram at The Sober Unicorn Podcast or on our website at thesoberunicornpodcast.com. There you will find our episodes as well as our very own sober-owned shop featuring products from small businesses that are sober-owned. And remember, everyone, don't be normal, be a unicorn, but better yet, be a sober unicorn. 